You're listening to the Unstoppable E-Commerce Podcast. I'm your host, Karen Parkinson, and I'm here to help you sell more on your online store. Before we begin, I would love to pay respect and acknowledgement to the Palawa people of Lutruwita, who are the traditional owners of the land on which Unstoppable E-Commerce operates, and pay our respect to their elders, past, present, and emerging. Like many mums, Lauren was on maternity leave and decided she did not want to go back to her full-time career. So she started her very own side hustle, which has since become a thriving six-figure business. So today we're going to chat all about how she started and how she's grown along the way, what she needed to do to see more growth and her first hire. Uh, She shares tips on producing her own products and she's just a wealth of knowledge. So please join me as I welcome Lauren from Billy and Byron. So Lauren, thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm super excited to talk to you because you've been part of the Unstoppable community. I worked out for sort of two years now. Yes. Um, joined Ecom Igniter way back in 2021. Uh, when did the business actually start? Uh, so it actually started sort of right smack bang in the middle of the pandemic, you know, as oh, all of course. ideas do. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Give it a whirl. And I just had my my first son, Oliver, uh, and I think it was 2019 that I sort of started thinking, oh, look, I really want to be able to, to create a job that works around me and my schedule and my family. And the original work that I was doing, I was sort of contracting in design and it just was not, not really working for me anymore on maternity leave. And yeah, just decided to start something for myself for that point. I feel like that's actually a really common story. We go on maternity leave and we start thinking, I don't want to go back to what I had before and how can I make things work around my new lifestyle and where I want to be? So it's really great for people listening to go, actually, it is possible and you've done it. Yeah, yeah, it's very possible. And it's, yeah, once you get started, it it actually becomes less impossible every time you sort of, yeah. (laughs) I love that, less impossible with every day. (laughs) Um, So Billy and Byron is the name of your business. Uh, Tell us a little bit about what you sell. Uh, so Billy and Byron is a baby wear and accessories company, uh, and we sell a whole range of different baby clothes, toys, swaddles, towels, stacking toys, dummies, dummy clip, and some nursery decor as well. And it's all got a bit of a, a boho luxe vibe. So lots of warm, earthy colours and tones, and just sort of a neutral style as well. So it would suit anyone in any nursery. I love that because, you know, there are a lot of baby stores out there and you know, when you're selling products that maybe other people can have as well, if you're wholesaling, it can be really hard to make a point of difference. Whereas if you go to Billy and Byron's website, you can tell straight away the vibe and your design background definitely comes through on the website. It's beautiful. And it's just got its own kind of niche to it rather than, uh, you know, having all the different baby stuff in the reds and blues and greens and all the, you know, colourful mess that homes end up <laughs> once we have our kids. Yes. It's actually yeah, got this beautiful know. natural feel. Yeah, yeah, and it's a really nice aesthetic and I think people just just warm to it as well and it's a way for them to to kind of keep their home looking really beautiful and neutral um, while also providing some really great products for their babies as well. I love that. So tell us, where did the name Billy and Byron come from? Uh, So it actually took a little while to come up with the name. I sort of had a few different names in mind that I was really keen on, but unfortunately, as I'm sure a lot of people who are starting their own business (laughs) <laughs> come to realize pretty quickly. Um, it's really hard to actually 
find a name that A, isn't registered um, on ASIC or under any sort of business registration. Um, and then on top of that, you've got to find a URL that's available as well. Um, so it takes a bit of time to settle on the right name. I knew I wanted to have... And then the social media handles yeah. also. Like... <laughs> oh, my gosh, doing my head in those social media handles. It took quite a long time. I feel like every time, time so. <laughs> I find a business name, it's like, yes, it's available. Oh, oh. Like it either gets me at the domain or at the, you know, Instagram handle or something. Yes. Yeah. And it's frustrating because it takes a lot longer than you think. And, you know, you have one of those shower moments where you think, oh, this is a great name. Yes. And then, like you said, you just run into a hurdle at some point. But I did manage to settle on Byron because I wanted it to have that sort of boho luxe vibe and just something that um, Australian people can kind of associate with that particular aesthetic and, yeah. and lifestyle. Um, so I managed to settle on Byron, but then a bit of trial and error, finding something that matched with it that was available <laughs> where I could get um, the URL handle and domain name. So it was a good lesson in, in letting go a bit to an extent and just moving on sometimes from your first idea. You just have to push through and look for the next thing that's going to work. And eventually, yeah, we found the right one. <laughs> yeah, that's, and that's such good advice because I feel like we really get caught up in the name. And sure, the name's important, but you're not always going to be able to get what you're after. And I think it's more important to have your own brand recognition and have the domain name that you want and the usernames that you want on socials and obviously being able to register it rather than getting your first thought and, yeah. you know, kind of compromising on some of those other things. Yeah, exactly. And you want it to be easier for customers to, to remember and to find as well. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So you sell a mix of sort of wholesale products that you get in and your own products. So was that like that from the start or did you start with just other people's? Uh, so initially I started with um, just other brands. So I was uh, stocking other brands from other small Australian businesses mostly because that was just a good way to get started in the field because yeah. other people had done the product development and the research and I could sort of, you know, capitalise on that and their, their wonderful products that they created. And that has been, yeah, serving me really well for a couple of years. But as we started to get down the track, it became pretty apparent that I was going to have to manufacture my own line of products if I wanted to continue to grow the profit margin um, and expand the business as it grew. And oh. yeah, so it sort of was that point where I thought, all right, we've got to start manufacturing some of our own. Um, so walk so us through that process because I know that can be one of the most daunting things for people that are like, yes, I've got this idea. I know what yeah. I want, but <laughs> how the hell do I get started? And <laughs> what does that even look like? Yes. Yeah. So it's pretty tricky um, initially when you're sort of not experienced with it um, and you don't have any contacts in, in manufacturing which is the case for most business owners because they sort of, you know, start with an idea and they're very passionate about it, but they might not have, you know, the skill set or the experience in that particular manufacturing uh, background. So often what you can do is you can find uh, an agency that will help you source products. You can also go through Alibaba and there's some other um, online portals as well where you can reach out to different companies overseas or in Australia and, just try and look at different manufacturing processes and the records for different companies in terms of their quality control, um, whether they're an ethical factory, lots of things like that. And that's where it's really, you know, important. You need to take your time and get samples and yeah. sort of explore what the right option is for your business, whilst also making sure, obviously, that it's going to be a profitable product at the end of the day. Yeah. So I think, I mean, I definitely made a few mistakes along the way. <laughs> There's been some things manufactured that didn't come out quite as planned and sometimes you know it can be an expensive learning curve but ultimately I think the best the best thing I did there was just making sure I got samples and in your contracts with those suppliers as well making sure that 
uh, there's a quality control in place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and but do be prepared for some mistakes and some potentially expensive mistakes too. It happens. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I've had a bit of a discussion with a few people lately on this, and communication I think was one of the biggest things. Is that they're actually not trying to rip you off and give you bad quality. It's that you need to be so super clear with exactly what you want. Exactly. And that yes. Communication breakdown can usually is what results in, you know, not quite what you thought was going to arrive arriving. Yes. Not because they're actually out to rip you off or trying to do it cheaper or anything like that. So I feel like that communication barrier can be one where you've really got to, you know, and that's where I think, you know, getting the samples and making sure you're happy with it before production is a really great strategy as well. Yeah. And if you have anyone else that can help you communicate as well, if you're communicating with someone overseas, for instance, if you could find somebody that speaks the language to you, that's a really good, good yeah. idea. Um, yeah. Yeah. Makes life a lot easier for everyone on both ends. Definitely. So how do you decide which products to bring out and which ones, I guess, that are going to be your line of products? Um, so it's, it was a little bit tricky at first to figure out what ones I was going to manufacture myself, because obviously I don't want to rub any of my current suppliers the wrong way. And I don't want to yeah. sort of make it, you know, seem as though I'm just creating my own version of their product, for instance. So I'd really just sit down and look at what our customers were responding to and then think, okay, what complements that for the product range I've already got that would, um, work really well perhaps as a bundle or would just look really good together if they're all purchased together. And then also doing a bit of market research as well, if you can do it. Uh, so reaching out to customers, doing some surveys, looking, uh, finding out what products they actually want, looking at your, if you're on Shopify, your analytics as well, and just seeing what pages people are looking at the most, what products people are looking at the most, Yeah, even on your social media as well, what they're kind of, what they're liking, what they're not liking, what they're responding to and engaging with. And then just sort of doing a lot of brainstorming, uh, a lot of initial sort of product design as well. And then once you sort of come down to a final a final blueprint for a product, getting some feedback on that too, whether it's from your customers or it's from people in your, in your circle or people that run their own businesses as well, that can be helpful too. Uh, yeah. And then just, yeah, bringing the design to life, whether you get a graphic designer to make it, depending on what product it is, obviously, um, or getting some samples made and doing some prototyping and then going from there. Did you pre-sell any of your new products? No, I didn't actually. That's a good question. <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't open it up to pre-sale. I think that was just a lack of confidence on my part. I wasn't too sure if they'd respond. So I thought, yep. all right, I'm just going to drop it in and see what happens. But pre-sale would have been a very good idea in retrospect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So how do you decide now? Like obviously when you first joined way back in 2001, I was going through your old questionnaire and you were looking to get your conversion rate up. So to 2.5%. Uh, I remember when you were able to celebrate your little notification from Shopify that you were in like the top 2% or something for um, baby stores on Shopify with your conversion rate. So that was really awesome. And you had a monthly revenue goal, uh, which you've nearly doubled now, which is amazing. Yeah. Obviously, there's been a lot of growth in the business and you put on your first staff member a while back. So how did you decide that it was time for that? And what did you sort of need to do to prepare to put on a staff member? So I think what probably happened is um, what happens to a lot of people. It's only when um, you're sort of feeling absolutely you're burning the candle at both ends. You're pretty exhausted. You run ragged. The days are really, really full. Um, yeah. 
And what I really needed to do was put someone on before I got to that point. <laughs> um, but it's, it's kind of like that first. chicken or egg, isn't it, though? Exactly, you know, like yes. You yeah. either got to put someone on before you're quite ready financially or you've got to wait till you're ready financially, but then you're totally, like you say, yeah. burnt out and ready. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. So it kind of, it's, it's tricky to find that sweet spot. Um, but you just, you start to know when your days are just becoming a little bit unmanageable. <laughs> yeah. And also you've got to look at your revenue as well and make sure that you definitely do have that that revenue there to, to pay for a staff member. So what was your first staff member? What was their role? Uh, so their first role is picking and packing. So yep. uh, preparing customer orders, packing things up and getting the shipping ready and dealing with uh, Australia Post and our career partners as well. Must have been nice to uh, <laughs> outsource that part. <laughs> yes, I was well and truly ready to outsource that part because um, that had been part of my job since day one running the business. So (laughs) I was definitely ready to let that part go or at least, you know, let go as much of it as I could. So I did the initial thing where I went on Seek. I went on a few job boards for different sort of communities on Facebook and local groups as well and just sort of hunted around for a while, got a lot of resumes and then interviewed a few people before I found the right person. And it can be tricky taking on your, your first staff member if you've not been in that kind of position before because um, there's a lot of red tape and an admin to do um, and you need to obviously make sure you're doing everything by the book as well. So you need to make sure yeah. you've got your insurance policies set up and that you have payroll set up so that you're making sure you're paying super and tax and all of those fun things. Um, so you do need to dedicate a bit of time towards that side of it as well and it's worth chatting to an accountant if you can too just to make sure you've got everything set up correctly. And often it, it is a bit of a gut feel too when it comes to finding the right person. For my job in particular with the picking and packing, you want somebody that's happy to do that kind of job that's on their feet. Uh, they're happy yeah. with a certain number of hours a week. And, yeah, it's a bit of trial and error to find the right person. But you'll sort of know when you've, you've got the right person and everything's working smoothly. But there can often be a bit of a uh, an initial training period where it takes a while for things to get sort of – um, nutted out and to, to find the right, you know, rhythm to work together. I think that's important too for people to note because if you wait until you're completely burnt out, you don't actually have the time to train that person. Yes. And then that can be really hard. You're either throwing them in the deep end or you're not training them properly or, you know, it, it actually becomes more of a hassle than a help, if you know what I mean. So yes, yeah. quite often if you can plan for that growth and know that it's coming and kind of get that person in and trained, even doing, you know, less hours yeah, and then let them grow with you rather than all of a sudden going, oh my gosh, I need someone. Yes. Uh, yeah. And then, you know, <laughs> going after it then. Yes. And you do need to put aside the time to train them properly as well. So you've got to factor that into your, your calendar and make sure that you do have that time set aside so you can get yeah, them started sure. on the right foot. And you bring up a great point because usually when we go into business, you know, your background was design and then you've gone into, you know, selling these beautiful products. Nowhere there, you know, we didn't go and study HR or anything like that. So all of a sudden (laughs) you've got, you know, you've gone through this process of learning manufacturing and getting products in and now you're going through this other learning curve. So I think business owners, we don't give ourselves enough credit that there are so many other hats that we have to wear and things that we need to learn. Yes. So don't be afraid to look for support for those sorts of things, especially, you know, there's local business centers and things like that. There's a lot of support out there, especially for things like, you know, onboarding staff and making sure that you're paying taxes and super and all those things that, you know, we didn't, it's not really the fun side of the business, yeah. is it? You know, it's the things <laughs> it's that the have to be done. <laughs> yeah, the less glamorous side, exactly. 
Okay, so you, you've brought on your staff member. Is it just the one at this stage? Yeah, just the one at this stage. Um, and are they doing anything more than just the packing and picking and sending orders now? <laughs> uh, so we're looking at doing a bit of uh, admin work and inventory as well. But I'd oh, say at the rate we're going, we probably will have to look at taking on a second person too that might be spread across a couple of different roles within the business. So maybe assisting with the picking and packing as well because that's always always kind of one of the areas that's growing as the business grows. Yeah but then also looking into some other areas that I can outsource as well, whether that's some sort of customer service and emails and admin, or perhaps it could also be a bit of social media as well, a bit of social media marketing and engaging with customers online. I remember um, your survey from when you first joined and you were like, I want to outsource the social media. I hate yes, social media. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you kind of, you do need to be aware as your business grows you know, you kind of need to focus in on what you're good at, but also what you enjoy too, because you're running, you know, you've started this business because you wanted to create something that you enjoy doing and you want to like, exactly. like your job and enjoy going to work every day. So it is important as well to outsource what needs to be outsourced to also think about what you're good at and what you enjoy. And so you can keep those roles for yourself and then outsource what's not your strong points. <laughs> So uh, you've obviously outsourced your Facebook ads to me. Yeah, so that's I amazing. Have. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. You <laughs> <laughs> might knew my strength slash weakness is there. So <laughs> <laughs> So it doesn't always have to be a staff member. Like there are other places you can look to to outsource things, as you mentioned. So yeah. I guess growing the business for you, um, that's been a really important step is finding out. And we do like this matrix thing. So you basically write down four different columns and it is things you enjoy and you're good at, things you enjoy but you're not good at, and then things you don't enjoy but you are good at and things you don't enjoy and you're not good at. Mm -hmm. And the first things to outsource are those that you don't enjoy and you're not good at because, you know, you're potentially letting down the business in that stage. And that might be bookkeeping, it might be social media, it might be graphic design if that wasn't your forte, uh, in Facebook ads, things like that. And then sort of going through those that you don't enjoy, but even though you're good at, you don't enjoy it. So you don't want to do that. And then, you know, leaving for yourself the things that you enjoy and you're good at at the end mm. of the day, because then you are going to enjoy your business and actually, you know, want to wake up in the morning and jump into it and do all these things. So you make such a good point that that's why we started. And quite often we lose sight of that as we start to grow and we take on all these different roles. Sometimes we can lose a bit of passion for the business because instead of being this maybe creative person who came up with, you know, a beautiful product or something, you've become a bookkeeper and, you know, a HR person and, you know, yeah. a social media manager and marketing and all these other several hats that you've got to wear. So that's very true. <laughs> you also said that there was a bit of one of the hard things for you, I guess, as being a fellow perfectionist <laughs> is letting go some of those things. How have you found that? Uh, look, it's, it's, um, I, I need to work on my mindset and make sure that I'm, you know, approaching it from the right perspective for the business. Um, and you do need to, to learn to let go of things, which can be really hard to do when it's, you know, your business is your, it's baby, your baby in some ways. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but you kind of just, you have to sit down and be really honest with yourself and say, okay, look, what, what, you know, brick walls do I keep hitting my head up against and what yep. do I need to do to, to move it forward? And often it's just getting out of my own way <laughs> and letting people take over where, you know, their strengths and skill sets lie. And also just having a bit of faith in other people too, to, to know that they're competent and they're able to, to handle things that Which you've can be been hard. doing on yourself. Yeah. It's hard to let yeah. go. <laughs> But it is really um, quite important. Quite often we're the own bottleneck in our business. So if you've yes. been struggling with growing your business and you kind of hit this plateau, 
write down all the things that require you to kind of go to the next step. And if your name's on the list a lot, <laughs> it mm-hmm. might be you that's the, like holding up your own business growth. So yeah, finding some of those things that you can let go of and outsource is always really important. Yes. Yeah. And I think um, like taking on an employee outsourcing, you, you kind of do need to do it before you think you do often um, in order yeah. to grow, but you can start like you were mentioning before, you don't have to necessarily have an employee to take on. You can outsource to a virtual assistant, whether it's things like customer service and emails or social. There's lots of ways you can outsource without having to fully let go of it yourself as well. Yeah. There's so many amazing contractors available and, you know, there's a lot of Australian VA businesses now, which is virtual assistant, you know, that will take on those little admin tasks or like I use No Limit Creatives, which are a fantastic graphic design company. And it's like unlimited graphic design. So anytime I need anything for a client or for myself, I kind of just shoot off a request. They've got all the branding guidelines and they get back to me. Uh, I think it's within two days and I have the design back. So for me, that was like I didn't have enough work to hire a graphic designer on the books. I didn't have like regular enough to kind of have someone going back and forth But just having these guys there, knowing that I'm going to get it back quickly because I don't have to wait for a graphic designer to, you know, fit me in. Yes. So all of my major graphic design, I use a local designer, um, but, you know, she's got a fairly big wait list. So if I want something new done, it's maybe a few months and we plan for that project. But all the little tasks like creating an ad or image or something like that, I'm just like, yep do this off you go so there's lots of services like that that you can find that because you're not having to hire someone it becomes a lot more cost effective as well yes so think about you know other ways that you might be able to outsource them things yeah and get recommendations from people too like it's great when you hear word of mouth recommendations because it usually means there's uh some good skills backing it up yes for sure and i've got a new site page on our website which is our uh, trusted and recommended providers for everything from google ads to photography to shopify fixes so if you are looking for someone um i will share that in the show notes as well amazing now you've obviously grown a fair bit over the last few years which is fantastic what was the like when you started what was the vision uh, so it's the vision when I first started, I'd say it was very different to what it is now. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'd say uh, I've voluntarily surpassed what I initially thought. Uh, when Amazing. I first started the business, you know, I was happy just to get a handful of orders a week, um, which was, you know, amazing. I didn't necessarily, I wasn't 100% confident it was going to go anywhere. I thought it might just be a, a fun little side hustle while I was still contracting and doing other work as well. And so I think the, the initial vision was to be able to, have a sustainable full-time employment that I'd created myself. Um, and I'd say, yes, we're well and truly past that now. And it's... Uh, Here you are sitting in your beautiful new office. <laughs> you can only see the tidy side of the office, but yes, it is there. <laughs> no, it is growing. And we're, we've moved into a couple of times now into bigger offices, uh, which is great and obviously means it's going in the right direction. Um, but I'd say the vision today uh, would be eventually expanding to a warehouse location, uh, having more full-time staff on as well to completely take care of the uh, picking and packing and then warehouse coordination and inventory, Mm -hmm. and then probably taking on maybe some part-time in-house marketing as well to do with social media or perhaps having some more product designers on board as well. There's lots of possibilities. Um, 
but this is long-term vision we're talking. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> now, but it's yeah. exciting to think, you know, and I feel as you meet those little goals, you can start to think, oh, well, actually, if I can get to here, you know, what else is possible? Yeah. And yeah. I know you and I have talked about this before, but how important to celebrate those small wins when you actually get them. Yeah. I remember and- when I said to you, oh, you hit six figures last year. Well done. You joined the six-figure club and you were like, oh. Wait, what? I did? <laughs> yeah. Like, you set these milestones for yourself and you like set these goals, but then I feel we do this a lot as women. We yes. don't actually do anything to celebrate when we get there. No. And I think that is so important before, you know, making that next goal and that next thing because if you're constantly moving the goalposts for yourself, without stopping to celebrate and reflect on where you've come. Mm. It just feels like you're never actually getting anywhere, even though you've seen this amazing growth. Yes, it's Um, very true. And you do kind of just shift the goalposts. And then um, I think that can contribute to burnout a bit as well, because you're not taking the time to to celebrate those wins. And like you said, reflecting on where it started versus where it is and where it's going. Um, So, yeah, I think that's something a lot of women in particular (laughs) could use use a bit of um, a nudge and a reminder just to, to have a look at, how things are going and when you do hit those milestones really do make a big fuss about it because you know you've worked really hard to get there so enjoy it and I think you know if you don't have friends that own their own businesses it can be a bit hard to um you know turn like oh I I did 10k this (laughs) month or I did 100k this month or whatever it might be uh you know we can feel like we're gloating or whatever it might be. So you really need to find a community of people that get you, whether it be jumping in a free Facebook group that's for other business owners or other e-commerce people or, you know, joining a paid community or something. But it's really important to have some people around you, which mm. is why online so great, it is, uh, where yeah. you can jump in and just share that win and celebrate the hell out of it because yeah, no you one need else somewhere like to others. be able to do that. Yeah, no one else would have got like, yes, my conversion rates in the yeah. highest in Shopify. <laughs> they would have been like, yeah, what? cool, Lauren. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas we were like, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah you do so, need that that sort of social aspect of it as well from other other people that are in the same situation and um, can sort of help you problem solve too and you can help each other with yeah. different, different issues you're encountering in your businesses. So, yeah, it's really important. I think especially in that beginning stage too because you need other people to – sort of bounce ideas off um, and to help you celebrate those wins. So definitely join all the groups. <laughs> all the groups. <laughs> yeah. So um, just lastly, what has been, do you think, one of the most important things or some of the most important things you've learnt from that initial startup stage to where you are now? Like obviously there's lots of different marketing strategies you've put in place. What's sort of been the most important, do you think, for growing your business? I'd say it's when you, you get frozen in place sometimes by wanting to get things perfect, but sometimes you've just got to move on with good enough and then move done to the next step. Done is better than perfect. Yeah, done is yeah. better than perfect. Um, and I think particularly if you're a perfectionist, that's a really hard thing to to work with yes. and tackle, but um, sometimes it's better to just do the thing then move on to the next thing um, and worry about perfecting it later uh, because otherwise you're never going to be able to move forward. So, that would so, be, so yeah. important. Yes. <laughs> I was actually um, mentoring someone yesterday and they had a new website. It had been live for like a week and there was a few like issues where the text wasn't formatting properly and, you know, we did a quick fix and he's like, oh, I was in a big rush to get that done. I'm like, there's absolutely nothing wrong. Like done is better than perfect. You've got that live. And if you'd waited till everything was perfect, then it still wouldn't be live. So 
If you're like sitting on a website that's still in draft and you haven't pressed publish and you're just wanting to fix everything till it's perfect, there's no such thing as the perfect website. Like we're constantly updating websites. <laughs> you know, like, did you get a new website? I'm like, no, no, I'm just always, you know, it's changing the website, you, yes. you know, at least five times a year. <laughs> so, yeah, if you're sitting on a great idea um, or just not sure how to proceed, like take that next step. Yes, for sure. Yeah, it's that um, I think it's called analysis paralysis where you just yes. really get into your own head about it. And yeah, you're waiting for it to be perfect because it's scary to push something live or it's scary to take that next step. But sometimes you've got to lean into that discomfort a bit in order to yeah. move forward. <laughs> you know, I bought the microphone to do this podcast and didn't open it for a year before I actually started ah! the podcast. <laughs> but that's so a prime example. <laughs> sometimes, you know, there's things that you could be doing for people. Maybe there's a product that people really need and you're just sitting on it because you don't think you're ready or you're scared or... Mm nervous and that they are totally normal uh, emotions to feel around doing something new so sometimes you've just got to get out of our own way and just yeah. do it yeah exactly so, don't let fear take the driver's seat you sort of yeah have, exactly. to, have to push it back into its own place a little bit <laughs> yeah thank you so much for sharing so many amazing tips for us today now I do have one more question for you to anyone who's they're going to start hearing a lot about Ecom Igniter we're opening up our live round soon this month, actually, it's, we're in March now. How? What would you say to anyone thinking about doing the program? Oh, definitely do it. Just yeah, don't don't get stuck into the analysis paralysis. Just jump on and do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's been invaluable for me, particularly uh, the Facebook ads module is amazing. I've not seen anything else like that, um, and I've done a few different courses, you know, across the board over the years, and um, just the level of feedback you get from it too, and the and the level of assistance from the group as well and from other businesses that are joining the Ecom Igniter program too. And on top of that, you just get a community that really helps support your wins and helps to show you the right direction and are in the same boat as you. So when you run into issues, you've always got someone else that's going through it too. Um, and I don't think I would have been able to, to move forward in the way I have if I hadn't had that group support behind me. So, yeah, do it. It's invaluable. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you so much. Um, so, Billy and Byron, uh, where can we find you? Ah, so we're online at billyandbyron.com and that's Billy, B-I-L-L-I-E and Byron.com. And you're on Instagram as well, Facebook, all of those things? Yes. Yeah, we're on Facebook Excellent. and Instagram. All that um, social media that you hate. <laughs> yes, all the social media that I hate but other people like. So, <laughs> yeah. I will link up to all of those in the show notes and do make sure you head over there and check it out if you know anyone that's got a little one uh, or a little one about to pop or um, – you know, any of your own children as well. Check that out. There's amazing gifts on there, some super cute nursery things. And, um, yeah, I'll be sure to link up all of those. Lauren, thank you again so much for your time today. Thanks, Karen. Do you want to make 2023 your best year ever? Create a thriving e-commerce store with profitable Facebook ads. I'm running a 12-week live round of our award-winning program, Ecom Igniter, where you'll learn exactly how to implement our agency-tested profitable Facebook ad funnel into your business. You won't just learn about Facebook ads. I'll ensure you have everything set up and ready to make the most of them. You know your numbers in your business. You'll get super clear on your audience, create content that converts, have a traffic ready website, ready to turn those browsers into buyers. You'll implement an effective email marketing strategy and then and only then start running our proven ad strategy to grow and scale your online store. 
So if you want the skills, knowledge and support to be unstoppable in 2023, join the Ecom Igniter waitlist at ecomigniter.com. Oh, 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 oh,